From grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Rick. This is the best beer show on the internet. According to our mothers. Yes. Yes, Yes. they do say that. They say it all the time. Yeah. I see I didn't say darn tootin' this time. You didn't. You didn't this time. (laughs) You're darn tootin' you didn't. I mean, I pointed it out. Because otherwise it would have gone without saying and it needed yeah. to be said. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But it also didn't need to be. I feel like I screwed up there. All right, we're just going to start over again from the top for the 14th time. <laughs> no, nah, we're good. We're good. All right. So we finally finished our epic three beers one day. Yeah. Actually, it only took us eight hours. That wasn't too bad. I think we could do I think we do four. I think we could do four. In Not in eight hours. No, in 12 or 10. 10 hours. Oh, we could do four. I, I think we could do... Five. In 12? In 12. I think we could just do like a 12-hour day, 8 to 8. Booyah. We could, but we shouldn't. You're right, we shouldn't. <laughs> we have 12 full fermenters right now. Yeah, I we, counted. We can't do much more until we get some of those empty. Yeah, we need to like do that whole bottling thing. Ugh. 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 So gross. Yeah, you guys make me brew too much. Damn. You listeners. You darn listeners. Dang you. Dang you all to heck. Oh, that is interesting. I haven't had a, uh, a bass in a long time. Huh. Uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> Rick, what have you been up to beer-related since our last episode? I finished a brew day. <laughs> that's it. Hey, we nailed our numbers on we that did. robust porter. We did. Nailed them. Well, we were, we were one point off. Yeah, but we were quite close enough. Yeah, and our volume was was dead on. So yeah, volume was. I'm good. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it turned out good. Uh, you know, we just kind of boop boop boop. I think if we did four in a day, we'd be able to hit it on the fourth one. Yeah, just nail it, or just not care anymore and give up and die halfway through. Maybe, because yeah, three's a lot. Yeah, I think three's a good day. Yeah, it is. Like, I feel accomplished. I feel like I accomplished something. Yeah, we did a lot of stuff. I mean, after we're done recording six episodes, I'm going to feel like I accomplished more. But Yeah. And after I get some lunch in me, it'll be better. Yeah. Because, yeah, we've been going on, yeah, eight hours with a snack, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to lunch. We'll have some after this show. Yeah. Be a good time. Yeah, go get a beer, have some food. Om nom nom nom. All right. Uh, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the Strong Bitter, uh, which, you know, is another bitter in our long line of bitters. Uh, is it the last one? Let's see. Let's see. We've done the... Have we done We've have we done the Ordinary? I don't remember. Well... I know we've talked about it. I think we did one. Okay, well, hang on. I have this really cool search feature now uh, at com on the... Every Style Challenge page. Oh. So let's see. That's right. This is now a... All right. Uh, we want to look at... Ordinary Bitter. Bitter. Search. Oh. Uh, name. Search. Come on. Why can I not find Bitter? My search might not work the best. <laughs> All right. Brood. Search. Or did I misspell bitter? 
That would be kind of ridiculous if I did that. I would be sad for you. Alright, so looking at brood beers. Oh, and I'm sorting by name. I don't want to sort by name. I want to sort by. Yeah, actually, I do want to. No. Let's do brew order. Okay, so mm. we have done. This is this is like gripping radio. Yeah. Uh, oh, we have. All right, so we've done the ordinary bitter. Yep. Okay, we have done the. We've done a lot of stupid beers. Yeah. Uh, we have done the. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, best bitter. Yep. All right, and this is the strong bitter. Is that is that all the bitters? That's all the English bitters. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna be kind the of British bitter. Yeah, well, I'm gonna be kind of kind of bummed when we're done. Yeah, the bitters are good. Man, at least we still have the best bitter on tap. Well, we would if I had gas. Yeah. But all right, all right. Yeah. So we're talking about the strong bitter. Uh, we are trying a commercial example, and that is Bass, which apparently is the world's first pale ale. That's what it says. Um, and it also says a product of the USA. It says that too, yeah. Which doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not sure I believe it, but okay. Well, no, but hang on. Now <laughs> I'm just completely. I thought this was a British beer. Bass I, ale, right? Bass, yeah, bass ale, ale is what I have in my hand. Yep. And it has the triangle, which yep. also the very first trademark, by the way, is this one. Yep. Must be. Um. Well, no, no, it, it straight up is. I, I. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, if, if, you, if you look up uh, trademark, Bass holds the very first uh, international trademark. Uh, so that's a fun fact. Applied for and were granted England's first registered trademark. So it's from England, but I'm not sure. Maybe it's a product of the USA brewed here now. Oh, and okay. And it's that recipe. I, and I have to own, assume that's oh, going to be Yeah, that has to be it. That's weird. I don't <laughs> like that it says product of the USA. I don't either. It, it's kind of weird. I feel like I'm being lied to, and I don't like that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's kind of hard to interpret. Yep, but yeah. I like that their trademark is just a triangle. Yeah, I mean that's definitely <laughs> a trademark. <laughs> a red triangle. No one else can use this. <laughs> All right. So overall impression of this beer, we're looking at an average strength to moderately strong British bitter ale. The balance may be fairly even between malt and hops to somewhat bitter. Drinkability is a critical component of the style, a rather broad style that allows for considerable interpretation by the brewer. All right. Aroma. Hop aroma moderately high to moderately low, typically with a floral, earthy, resiny, and or fruity character. Sure, wait, hang on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interrupt here to yell at Gary. Go ahead. Gary, shouldn't it be moderately low to moderately high? You'd think. Uh, they flip flop it. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, be consistent. Like later in this paragraph, medium low to medium high. Yeah, <laughs> be consistent, Gary. Like choose yeah. one or the other. Yep, I agree. Uh, so anyway, um, floral, earthy, resiny, and or fruity character, medium to medium high malt aroma, optionally with a low to moderate car- caramel component. Medium low to medium high fruity esters. Generally no diacetyl, although very low levels are allowed. All right, appearance. Light <laughs> amber to... Oh, I suppose we should talk about the aroma of bass, huh? Yeah. Let's sniff the bass. 
Um, mm. a little uh, little floral, mm. and a little fruity. Yeah, it's fruity. It smells like fruit snacks. I'm not getting that. No, not quite that fruity for me. No, I mean I like. Oh, you know, like a Welch's. Yeah, like a That's, Welch's. It's, yeah, it's still very similar, like the blue bag of Welch's. Yeah. Which, Not quite as sweet, uh, but yeah. that it smells like it. I know more about fruit snacks than I ever cared to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, in in high school, the Welch's blue bag was always available in the vending machine. Oh, I see, remember I, having those. I just know all the fruit snacks from the fruit snack tasting that yep. we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it smells delightful. It smells like fruit snacks. Um, but yeah, yeah, uh, malty. Malty, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where that sweetness is coming from. Um, yeah, a little bit of caramel in the, in the nose. Yeah. All right. Um, appearance. Light amber to deep copper color. Good to brilliant clarity. Low to moderate. White to off-white head. A low head is acceptable, and carbonation is also low. Yeah, this thing is... Holy crap, is that clear? Yep. Like... I can't even see it in my glass. I can see Rick. I can see you holding your glass up to see me. I can see you through your glass. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Gotta focus you, though. Just focus it a little yep. bit. Yep. There we go. <laughs> can see around corners. Yeah, boop, it's very clear. Boop, boop. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> All right. You want to you wanna take us through your favorite? Y- yes. Yeah. Um, flavor. flavor, 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 medium to medium high bitterness with supporting malt flavors evident. The malt profile is typically bready, biscuity, nutty, or lightly toasty, and optionally has a moderately low to moderate caramel or toffee flavor. Hot flavor, moderate to moderately high, typically with a floral, earthy, resiny, and or fruity character. Hot bitterness and flavor should be noticeable, but not totally dominate the malt flavors. Should not. Moderately low to high fruity esters, optionally may have low amounts of alcohol, medium dry to dry finish, generally no diacetyl, although very low levels are allowed. Hmm. I feel like I'm picking up just a hint of diacetyl in this. Hmm. But it could just be me digging. Well, there's no slickness that I'm picking up. No, but I'm getting like a butterscotch. Yeah, like just I can... a very faint butterscotch. I guess I can see it if you bring it up. Yeah, it might be in there. Um. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, it's bready. Be very bready. Very uh, bready. A little nutty. <clears throat> um, and then like some toffee. Yep, I get some toffee. Toffee more than caramel. Uh, hop flavor. Hop flavor, earthy. Um, yeah, it's definitely earthy. Yeah. Yeah, very earthy, a little floral. Yeah, I was just going to say earthy with a touch of floral in it. Uh, bitterness is there. Um, yeah, but it's not like an overwhelming. No, it's, I would say Uh, it's like medium. And, uh, yeah, dry finish. What's the ABV on this? I do not know. I did not see 5.1%. It. Oh, you got it. 
Yeah, uh, it tastes pretty good. Yeah, I'm not mad about it. Why don't I drink bass more often? I don't know. I don't. I don't I think even. I'm gonna get bass today when we go out to the bar. I, that sounds like a good idea. I don't know if I've ever had bass even. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's another beer that I like quite a bit. Yeah, that's widely available. Yeah. I've seen bass quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I've just never tried it. So, good. Yeah. I'm excited because now I can try it more. All right. Uh, mouthfeel, medium light to medium full body, low to moderate carbonation, although bottled versions will be higher. Stronger versions may have a slight alcohol warmth, but this character should not be too high. Yeah, I'd say this is a medium bodied um, with some higher carbonation because it is from a bottle. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd um, say it's moderately carbonated. I would say moderate for sure. Um, no, no alcohol, alcohol warmth, warmth. But it's 5.1%. Yeah. So. Yeah. Comments. In England today, ESB is a Fuller's trademark, and no one thinks of it as a generic class of beer. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, that's interesting. It is a unique but very well-known beer that has a very strong, complex malt profile not found in other examples, often leading judges to overly penalize traditional English strong bitters in America. So I have a question. Mm -hmm. uh, pronunciation, uh, like, and I mean very, very personal thing here. Is it penalize or penalize? I say penalize because I say penalty, and I don't say penalty. Uh, but, uh, so when you're talking about, like, the penal code. I know there's, uh, there's other things. So, is, yeah, is, is it the penal code or the penal code? It, it's the penal code. Okay. But uh, people pronounce, people don't pronounce it penal code usually. Well, yeah, I know, but some people say penalize and some people say penalize. Exactly. So it's basically up for interpretation at that yep. point as far as I know. And I like penalize. I think it sounds yeah, better. Okay. And it sounds less like I'm saying penis all the time when I do that. So, <laughs> I don't know. I prefer penalize, but I don't get mad if other people say yeah. something else. I just, when I say it, I say penalize. Well, it's, it's like the caramel and caramel thing. Yeah, and I switch between them all the Me time. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I switch between those all the time. But, uh... Yeah, you gotta get, you get one of those penalties, man. Yeah, penalty. Um... <laughs> <laughs> so it leads sounds like a T for your penis. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it could very well border. All right, we, I, the yeah, no, I, I should not have said that. Um, right. <laughs> so uh uh they'll over penalize traditional English strong bitters in America sometimes. Oh no no, um, that, you, no, no. That, that was oh, the end I, of the I period. ran it together. Uh in America ESB has been co-opted to describe a malty, bitter, reddish standard strength for the U.S. British type ale and is a popular craft beer style. This may cause some judges to think of U.S. brew pub ESBs as representative of this style. Which, but that is wrong. Yeah, not correct. Not correct. This is a different thing than the U.S. Yes. ESB. Also, I like that they have standard strength for the U.S. Right. Because I like to it's think true. that... We are bad at judging alcohol and beer. Yeah. I am, and you know this, listeners probably already know this, but for new listeners, I'm going to go on my little rant again. <laughs> Session beers are the most important beer to have on tap, I believe, in a brewery uh -huh. right now. I agree. Uh, under 5%, because people can go in there and have a couple, you're really not in 
a huge danger of over-serving. And you get a full-flavored beer with a decent amount, like, of alcohol. But, like, so you can still have a good time, but you're not going to be trash. Yeah. I I love when I go into a brewery and see, like, a... Uh, like English bitter or something, and it's like three and a half percent. Right? I'm, I'm like, like oh, I that's know awesome. I'm gonna have four because I get of. to have beer and not drive drunk, <laughs> <laughs> or I don't have to leave my car here and come yes. pick it up the next day. Like I can, I can have, I can do both. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I can, I can have one or two beers and be okay. Or uh, like the biggest thing is like when you're out on a like you're out of the town with 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 the guys mm-hmm. and. Like you're, you know, you just want to have a bunch of pints. Yeah, like that—that's just kind of the goal of the night. Is you exactly. just want to hang out and have some pints. You're not knocking back nine percenters, and fucking Gary is slobbering on the floor after the third one. Right. Like I, I love trying my beers like Dirt Wolf and stuff that are like nine and ten percent mm-hmm. IPAs and whatever because they're tasty. Yeah. Well, and it's not yeah. because of the alcohol that I like them though, and that's the big thing with the beers. Like, I can't go into your brewery if all you have is, like, I can, but if all you have is 7% beer and above, I can only have, like, one or two of your beers. Yeah, if if I need to go home by my own accord that night. Like, I can have one beer or two over, like, four or five hours. Like, yeah. I can't give you more money because you have too much. Like, yeah. I could have one of those and then have a couple of 3%ers. Well, and the dirty secret is... They're cheaper to make. Yeah. So you sell more and they're cheaper to make. Exactly. It sounds like a money-making... Like. <laughs> you got to use quite a bit of grain and hops to make those those double IPAs. But to make this, a lot less. Yeah. So I don't know. what. So like when I go in somewhere and I see like even like a cream ale on at, mm-hmm. you know, 4%, I'm like, yeah, it's a cream ale, but it's one I can have, a, especially if it's a good one. Plus, that's a really yeah. good judge of... Uh, you know, there's not a whole lot to hide in. Yeah. Like, hide behind in a beer like this. Right. You know, when you're looking at an Imperial Stout, there's a lot of things to hide behind. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I like I like having my lower percentage beers. Like, uh, I mean, this one's five, which is not it's, low, it's, but it's, it's not high. Well, it's not sessionable. It's, no. It's not, it's not a session beer. It's sessionable, but it's not a session beer. Right. That makes sense. Yeah, you can still drink a couple of yeah. these and not be trash. And Matt gets mad at me like he like he tries to poke the bear. Uh, like I think he did it the other day on DOO. He's like, "Yeah, man, this is really a good a good session beer." I'm like, "It's not a session beer. It's not below five percent." <laughs> because you have to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, I think five's a good point. Anything in three and four percent range is pretty sessionable yeah. at that point. All right. Um. And rant. And rant. <laughs> well, you know, if I can get away with just one rant for the episode, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. All right. History. See comments and category introduction. Get up there. The family of British bitters grew out of English pale ales as draft as a draft product in the late 1800s. Uh, the use of crystal malts and bitters became more widespread after World War One. Traditionally served very fresh under no pressure, gravity, or hand pump only at cellar temperatures, i.e. real ale. Most bottled or keg versions of UK-produced bitters are often higher alcohol and more highly carbonated versions of cask-produced products for uh, products or of cask. 
products produced for export. I got there. And have a different character <laughs> and balance than their draft counterparts in Britain, often being sweeter and less hoppy than the cask versions. Uh, these guidelines reflect the real ale version of the style, not the export formulations of commercial products. Right on. Wait a second. Yeah, we got more history specific to this one. Yep. All right. <sighs> Strong bitters can be seen as a higher gravity version of best bitters, although not necessarily more premium, in quotes, since best bitters are traditionally the brewer's finest product. British pale ales are generally considered a premium export strength pale bitter beer that roughly approximates a strong bitter, although reformulated for bottling, with, uh, including increasing carbonation levels. While modern British pale ale is considered a bottled bitter, historically the styles were different. Wonderful. Let's run through some characteristic ingredients, shall we? Uh, pale ale, amber, and or crystal malts may use a touch of black malt for color adjustment. May use sugar adjuncts, corn, or wheat. English finishing hops are most traditional, but any hops are fair game. If American hops are used, light touch is required. Characterful British yeast. Burton versions are use medium to high sulfate water, which can increase the perception of dryness and add a minerally or sulfury aroma and flavor. Cool. I highly <clears throat> recommend reading... Uh... Mitch Steele's IPA book, the yep. history of, or like it's like the history of IPAs or something, and he really goes over the importance of Burton water. Sure. Yep. And I think, if I remember right, there might be a, like a beer museum in Burton on Kent, or Burton on Trent. Uh. And I want to go. That sounds cool. Well, you'd be over there. It'd be really neat. <laughs> Uh, a style comparison here. More evident malt and hot flavors than in special or special or best bitter, as well as more alcohol. Stronger versions may overlap somewhat with British strong ales, although strong bitters will tend to be paler and more bitter. More malt flavor, particularly caramel and esters, than American pale ale, with different finishing half character. Um, I noticed something when I was looking at the box here. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was first introduced in 1777, and I thought it was just, it must have been like, whoever was making bass was like, well, we just lost America, so we've got to have something to cheer everyone up. Like, <laughs> I know, beer! And they were right. Well, I mean, to be fair, they like, they kind of sort of, like, they, they lost America, but they still had literally the rest of the world. I know. I'm just, I, I, it's like the year after the Declaration of Independence. And so I like to think that someone was like, well, we lost America, but we gained a great beer. That's what I like to think. But I can jump into something else. It goes like this. Vital statistics. Oh, statistics. 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 IBUs 30 to 50. SRM 8 to 18, an OG 1048 to 1060, final gravity 1010 to 1016, and an ABV of 4.6 to 6.2. A good time. I kind of want to use the touch of black malt for color adjustment. That yeah. sounds like fun. I, I, I think you should. 
Black malt for color. Oh, so I, I'm looking at my best bitter recipe and kind of building off of that a little bit. Sure. Just making it more. I'm learning stuff by following along a little bit with Brew Toad. And they said there's some suggested ingredients. And they've got Maris Otter and Golden Promise as things that people popularly use in there. Mm. What do you got? Well, I am... Well, so I'm trying to figure out my SRM here. Is what, what I'm what I'm working on right now. Maris Otter is definitely the most used one. Yeah, I'm not gonna use Maris Otter though. I don't like I don't like I like I like we were talked about in the last episode. I right. don't like Maris Otter in, my it in everything. Yeah, yeah. Like and I, I like a cleaner, So what about Golden Promise? Uh Golden Promise is Canadian. But it says Golden Promise UK. Uh still I I'd rather use like crisp <laughs> crisp pale. Okay. That's that. And but and again that's again that's a personal preference. You could swap out. I just got to learn some more stuff because I'm just going off what they say. Well, they yeah. say it's and no, and I mean, yeah, you could use Golden Promise, and I think it'd be fine. Well, yeah, I I agree. If it is, if it's Canadian, then well, I mean, I if if, the if there's a UK Golden Promise, like I well, know, it says Golden Promise UK. I believe all of our Golden Promise comes from Canada. Maybe we can't get it from the UK. That could be the case. And it's kind of like a copy. <clears throat> promise mal- or I've been completely wrong, and it is a. Oh, you know what? It is a UK malt. It is not a Canadian malt. Oh well, it's then. in Scotland. So somebody last week was yelling at us heavily. Yep, and I was, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, no, it's Canadian. <laughs> I think that's because like I've always gotten my golden promise from like a Canadian. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or no, you know what? You know what? I was brewing with somebody, and they told me it was Canadian, and I never fact-checked it. Oh, that... That's what happened. Well, that's what was about to happen with me, but then Brewtoad was like, it's UK. Yeah. And I was about to ignore Brewtoad and go with you because... No, no, and that, like, that shows, that shows, like, I need to fact-check some shit, like... Yeah. I don't know everything. Well, it's good I've because... I've claimed to. We, I mean... I'm also I'd, still not using Golden Promise in this. Yeah, I don't know if we want to. I'm just saying we could. Mm-hmm. Um, but crisp... Pale two row is that what you're going with? Or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I like crisp as a maltster, maltster, and like they're they're like it's I mean it's it's pale two row, but it, they call it their pale ale malt. Okay, and I I really like that in bitters. Well, then I that think we we've, we've like used that idea. in both the ordinary and the best, and so I kind of want to keep that, and I believe we've kept kind of the same uh, structure on the. Uh, the recipe too, and so I'm kind of kind of go with that. You know, like these are like three, three sides of the same coin, if you will. Yeah, I got you. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we're just gonna make a stronger one. Um, my OG is ten fifty two. Does that fall within it's a range? Triangle coin. What ten fifty two? Yeah. Uh, yep, ten forty eight to ten sixty is good. All right, let me go ahead and throw some EKG on here. Yeah, let's do a little bit of finishing hop. Yeah. All right, what's my IBU range? 30 to 50. This is a really solid beer. I like this style. I've liked all the bitter styles we've had. 
Bitters are amazing. Like, nobody <laughs> ever listens to me. I'm a fan. I like it. All right. I ha- I have a thing. Yeah. Are you ready for this? I am. All right. Oh, you know what? Let's just bring that down there. What's my SRM range? SRM 8 to 18. All right. I like that better. All right. Um. So seven pounds of uh, pale two-row UK, two pounds of amber malt, a pound of Vienna, and 0.1 pound of black malt. We're about 1%. Okay. So basically we're doing 70% uh, pale malt, uh, 10 or 20% amber, 10% Vienna, and, or I guess it'd be 19%, yeah, I don't know, and like 1% of uh, black malt. So like it's like 19% amber and 10% Vienna. Like there's just, just a little bit there for color adjustment. Because <laughs> I wanted to. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to do, uh, hops-wise, um, one and a half ounces of EKG at 60 minutes, one ounce at 30 minutes, and then half an ounce of flame out. All the EKG. Um, I'm not really looking for, like, there's not a ton of hop depth in here. There's just some hop character. So I think, right. to, like, just keep it simple and... EKG is East Kent Goldings. Yes. Yes. Yep. I remembered a thing. Yeah. Uh, and then ferment with, uh, <clears throat> London ESB. Uh, ale yeast. Oh, well, that makes sense. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've been using London Ale for the rest, but I, let's switch it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, it, it also makes sense. Yeah, and that gives us an OG of 1051. With yeah. an SRM of 13 and I, uh, 41 IBUs. Yep, yep, yep. And Checking so, out. All right. So fermenting out, we should come in like at that in that 5% range. That checks out too. All it all right. checks out. Does it check out? It checks out. Oh, man, then I'm going to lock this recipe in. I'm hoping to give it a green checkout when we try All it. All right. I'm kind of glad that I had a misconception solved on this. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of cool. Well, you learned a thing. I like learning a thing. I do, too. It's awesome. <laughs> and it's it wasn't perfect. a thing yelled at me on the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it may have been. It, but... it, may, it may be. Since we're recording this right after the other one, right. someone might get in there. Well, so now I want to like in the week do between they these. grow? <laughs> Golden promise in Canada. Does happen this way? It do? No? Yes. Nope. 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 Just straight Scottish ales. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> Not even a chance. Yeah, where did that Canada misconception come from? Damn. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not mad about it. It's fixed now, so. Well, that's good, dude. It is. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and thanks for proving me wrong. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let's see, what was I? I was going to talk about things for ways you guys can support us. Head on over to patreon.com and become a patron today if you want to support us directly. If you're going to do any Amazon shopping, head on over to blindestudios.com, click on the Amazon link at the bottom of our homepage, do your Amazon shopping as normal, and we get a, get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. It really helps us out. 
Um, let's see, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnerdstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnerdstudios, or you can follow us on Twitter at blindnerdstudios.ninja. We're also doing live streaming on Twitch uh, with the Department of Defense every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central. Or on Monday nights, we do the Legends of Lothos mm. at 8 p.m. Central. So check us out at uh, twitch.tv slash blindnerdstudios. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.